Conrad. Gee. Lunch Hour Legal Marketing time. We're going to talk about Lunch Hour Legal Marketing and the branding around that. Conrad, are you a parent? I'm a parent. I think there are lots of parents listening to this right now, and most of you guys are panicking over how to handle your kids at school. What's going on with schools? Well, so I have to tell you, my oldest kid has signed up for the junior ROTC thing in high school as opposed to doing gym class, and he was just told he has to cut his hair, which is much more problematic to him than dealing with how to run school from my office, which is going to be happening sometime soon for me and parents around the country, right? Yeah. I guess, Well, I guess it depends on where you are. I think some schools, they're back, but um, everybody's remote in your Everyone's remote. Computer laptops are sold out. Gaming mics are sold out. Like all the hardware to run a classroom from home is sold out. And I think what's happening is all these lawyers who've been learning how to work from home now are now going to be learning how to school from home in the same way. So it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's been, uh, I have uh, some toddlers. My new coworkers are toddlers. Yeah. And so, um, you know, everybody's different issues, different stages. Uh, I understand you have a great suggestion, though, for lawyers who want to. Yes. So if you are a mom and yes. you're a lawyer. Yes. Find Carolyn Elephants. Uh, she's got one person, three jobs. It is a conference going on for moms and lawyers. Uh, we'll make sure that we add that to the notes um, because it will be amazing. Nice. Even though you and I won't be there, it will still be amazing. That's true. Is that a virtual conference? It's a virtual conference, yeah. And hopefully it's not going on while this is in pre-production. We'll, we'll make sure that that's the case. I'll we'll tell her to hold it We'll for give us. it another shout. Yeah, I'm sure she'll <laughs> be all about that. All right, well, enough fun, personal, and loose banter. Let's do a rundown. What are we talking about, Guy? Today we are talking about Google ruining your life with the new screened product we're going to answer some listener questions, one of our favorite things to do, and introduce a new segment, Rebrand That Podcast, because Re you know what? Rebrand That Podcast. We need some rebranding. Brand, brand, brand. Well, with that, let's dive into this episode of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Before we get started, we'd like to thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this episode. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. Oh, the news. Conrad, what is new in the news? Well, so this starts to get crazy because I feel like every time we have these conversations, we say, hey, the next biggest thing out of Google is changing the world. And we're going to say it again. I never say that, by the way. <laughs> Are you saying I call Wolf on, on changes in technology? I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody here. I'm just saying right. don't, don't bucket me in that group. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, I will be part of that group. But this time, I really, really mean it. I think this is big. All right. What are you talking about? Google screened. Google screened. Yeah, what is Google screened, Guy? I have no idea. It's, you're supposed to tell us. Okay, we'll go into this in, in depth. Google screened is the new 
product that's coming out from Google that in my world is going to change everything. So very quickly, so you understand what this looks like. Uh, this is a new ad unit that appears at the top of the page. And so now instead of having three different sections on a search engine results page, which we call the SERPs in this industry because we're cool, we acronymize everything, there's now going to be a new one. And this is at the very top. And there's a couple things that go into this that are really, really fascinating. The first is they're actually screening who shows up there. And that screen takes into account three things. One, they're doing background checks. Two, they're actually checking with the state bars to ensure that you're actually licensed in the state that you say you're licensed in. What a concept. What a concept. Well, listen, that's not a new concept. Avo pulled that off a long time ago, right? That goes back to 2007. No one else has done that. I mean, although Tim Stanley does that at Justia, but I don't think, are you aware of any other directories that are actually checking to see whether their listings are actually real attorneys? Um, that's a good question. Not off the top of my head. I know, you know, no, not, not, not actual licensing. Right. There's some that do like business search checkup, but just to make sure that you're actually a business. So for me, like checking on the licensing, that was a big deal with that's Oppo. That's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. And Google's now doing that. What's so the third thing? I don't want to put another nail in the Avo coffin, but that does not sound like it's a good for Avo's primary differentiator, right? The Avo coffin, not avocado, Avo coffin. <laughs> it's two very different things. <laughs> Terrible. Although the Avo people tell me they're coming back. So avocado. We'll okay. And the third thing is they're making sure you have insurance, right? And they've looked at this state by state. So it's a it's a fascinating new thing that really from my perspective, Guy adds a lot of value for end users because there is so much crap in specifically the local search results. But so, so I'm gonna, so I'm got my phone out. I'm doing a search here, personal injury lawyer in Chicago. Yep. You're saying I'm gonna see some ads coming up at the top, and what are those ads gonna like? Why do I, what's the difference here? Is there something? So there, there's a couple things. A, they're at the top, right? So yeah, that's PBC relevant. is further down. The local okay. results are now further down. Okay. They come with a green check mark. If you if they're green not currently check mark. A green check mark. Yeah. If they're not in your current market right now, the best way to find this, if you want an example, is to look for a roofer. Roofers near me. So the thing is, Google ran this in 2017 for different markets, right? So uh, home services, roofers are the one that like seems to pop up all the time. So you can see what this looks like if you look for roofers near me. I think you can also look for like San Diego immigration or San Diego real estate attorneys. Yeah, so so they will show up. Sometimes we're seeing these show up. Immigration and real estate were one of the earlier ones that they were pushing out. But right now, most of the searches that I'm seeing, we're not actually seeing these show up for legal, but it's a matter of time. And partly it's because when they rolled this out, there is this background check, which takes time. So at the right. time of this recording, most of this has yet to show up. Got but the it. other thing, Guy, that becomes really fascinating with this, we're moving from a PPC model to a PPL model. Can okay, so that's a big PPL? deal. It yeah, that's a big, a big deal. deal, right? So PPC, pay-per-click, you pay Google every time somebody clicks on your ad, whether it's someone who actually wants to hire you or accidentally clicks or some click farm in China. Uh, and then <laughs> or we your switch competitor. To, and then, or your competitor, or Conrad. No! <laughs> and the, Or then uh, PPL pay per lead. So now you're not paying Google for every click. You're paying for Conrad to fill out a fake form on your ad. 
right? And the and the the form fill experience go is is a Google controlled lead experience, right? It, it's it's actually the page. phone call. You're you're paying for call. that phone call, right? Okay. And so, I thought there was a. I thought they were doing. They were testing some forms too. Maybe that's well, so a different the, program. No, but the interesting thing that I've seen with this is they've broken out legal. They've really gone deep into legal. They've they've talked individually to state bars to find out what requirements are, and they've really dug deep into legal. There are not, you know, on the practice area side, we kind of break uh, legal into roughly twenty practice areas. Google for this PPL product has, I want to say, 170 to 180 different practice areas, which means you're paying different rates for, instead of personal injury, it's right. now motorcycle accident versus car accident versus trucking accident. They, this is they, like old-fashioned total attorney's paper lead. It is. And so like, it drills down into things like there's a red light traffic ticket category. So a uh, question for you, are yeah. they, can you return bogus leads? So when I talked to the Google people, they said that you can dispute your leads. So there is a mechanism to oh, I'm dispute sure that's wonderful. Leads. Yeah. Well, that's going to be so much fun. Um, <laughs> disputing leads for paper lead is just a absolute nightmare. Well, and especially with Google, right? Because, you, you know, what kind of real human customer support infrastructure are they going to build for that? Don't know. None. I, I don't know. But I do Outsourced. know that there is a thing to dispute them. I don't know what That's that process nice. is going to look like. So what about, I'm a lawyer, I don't buy Google ads, and uh, does this any of this apply to me? What's this, what's up? Isn't this just some 50 I pay $50 a month and I can get the green check anyway or something? So here's, this This was very confusing, and I made it more confusing with a couple webinars that I did, because I personally did not understand Google's marketing material when it came out. So initially, it was a $50 thing, which applied to Google Guaranteed, right. as well as Google Screen. Now, just yeah. so you guys understand the difference, Google Guaranteed is not a program that is available for the legal industry, only Google Screened. And, and as soon as I saw Google Guaranteed for lawyers, I was like, there's no way Google's going to go into the business of guaranteeing legal work. And so the $50 was really a charge for getting the Google Guaranteed if you were a roofer or a pool boy or whatever it might be. Um, pool person, Conrad. pool person, a pool administrator. Um, we, is technician. this the second time we've brought up pool boys in and in, 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 you, uh, the you, podcast? You, again, don't, I, don't, don't clump <laughs> me into that group. You're, I feel like you have some note that says, like, mention pool person. Okay. I Do don't have even a have a pool. I, I didn't, no, say, I didn't think Seattle you had a no pool out here. in the farm in Seattle. Is there a pool out there? No, no. No okay. no pool out here. All right. So, so anyway, this is based on a paper lead model. It will be revolutionary, I believe. Every time we talk about a new thing coming out of Google, I talk about how it's the next big, big thing. This one I actually think is the next big, big thing. Well, and in theory, hopefully, you know, the, the classic pitch on paper lead is you're paying for leads instead of clicks. And so hopefully it makes it a little bit more efficient. And hopefully it's a little more efficient if it's, you know, bidding. But, you know, as you know, and having been around, you know, not only with Avo, but having uh, been in the agency world and looking at, different paper lead programs, paper lead programs present a whole new set of issues, right? Yeah, it's going to be a, a completely different game. So strap in. Key and I have been begging reviews and we got a couple of good ones. Before we get into today, we're going to ask you to review us, especially if you think it's amazing. I'm going to steal Guy's thing here. Guy did a great job of asking for positive reviews to mention him. And if you hate the show, to please mention me. Um, so for this week, we're going to flip that around. If you have any complaints, please go to Apple and complain about Guy. And if you think it's amazing, you can talk about, uh, Conrad. 
And, we, and we'll read your review, as we're go. about to do right now. Yeah, go read a review, Guy. All right, well, I, this is my, the review I'm most proud of, which comes from uh, Brooks Derrick. And the title of the review is Peter Piper Picked Peppers, driving back home from a trial and ran across this great Run DMC rendition nestled within this Dynamite podcast. Uh, so I did do a little, very short Run DMC rendition. You'll have to listen to all the episodes if you want to find out which one it is and, and judge me on my quality. And if you look really carefully, you can find pictures of Guy. Whenever I whenever I do something with Guy, <laughs> I always go back through his Facebook feed and find pictures of him. I want to say, I don't know what you were singing because it's a picture, but uh, it's awesome. I was he's, singing he's more musical uh, than you can imagine. I was singing "Rapper's Delight." Rapper's Delight. There you go. Yeah, Perfect. at a wedding. At a wedding. Yeah, That's it's lovely. a whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Any other? Do we get any other reviews? We did. I'm going to read one from Morris Lilienthal, one of my favorite people, non-client, but I'm going to read this because it's great and it makes us look awesome. In the world of legal marketing, there's a wasteland of noise and people looking to take advantage of lawyers. If you want to know the truth about legal marketing from a trusted and well-respected source, Guy and Conrad are your answer. They're knowledgeable and well-respected experts in the legal marketing industry who will tell it like it is. We said that we, when we started this out, we were going to do the tell it like it is thing, right? We did. I, I'm worried that this segment, though, is going to solicit a bunch of negative reviews and barf emojis, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes. If you so do if you want us to emoji, read your review, yeah, please we'll read mention Guy and the barf emoji. Guy's barf emoji reference made me barf. <laughs> All right. We did promise that we were going to answer some listener questions, okay? And so we're going to get into a question from Jeremy Baker, who asked us on LinkedIn we're going to answer his question and then we're going to steal it and talk about something else. Here's the question. Why my average session duration on Google Analytics can vary so much by channel grouping each month? Some months, organic traffic spends four times longer than direct or social traffic. In other months, the average session duration is more even across channel groupings. I usually have a few hundred visitors each month, so small sample size is not the answer, I think. So... Uh I'm going to suggest that small sample size might be part of the issue, but there's a couple other things we got to talk about here. So yeah. number one is, is apples to apples comparison for channel groupings. So are we looking at it? Is it all, have we, have we isolated the following variables, device, location, landing page? Because if you're seeing a fluctuation across channel groupings, you have to isolate those other variables. I think the other thing too, again, back to the original point, if you filter out, so if you really dive down and you say, okay, look, we're gonna look at mobile uh, visitors to this specific landing page across channels month in and month out, and you still, well, number one, do you even have enough visitors now, enough visitor data to actually have something statistically significant? Uh, and then two is if, if there's still a statistically significant difference, we could talk about it. But my hunch is, is that there's a lot of other noise going on in there that's not going to tease out something like, you know, we could talk seasonality and all that kind of stuff. But I would really like to, and maybe Jeremy King will come on the show and we can dive deeper, but you've got to isolate those other variables. So people look at like the top level traffic report. And, you know, you're comparing direct traffic to search, to email, to paid. But again, if it's across device, if it's different locations, and then how many visitors are we actually talking? And is the difference actually statistically significant? And what does this word that I keep stumbling on, statistically significant, even mean? So, yeah. So the, the deal with statistical significance, and this is, by the way, when I interview people, 
to work at Mockingbird, I get them, I box them into a corner where they have to say something along the lines of statistically significant and then explain what it means. Because if you don't really know what it means, it's one of those things like ROI that lots of people like to throw around that no one actually knows what, maybe not no one. Most of the marketing agency people who say ROI couldn't give you the formula for it. And it's the same with statistically significant. So the deal with statistically significant data, and by the way, for me, Jeremy, if you're running a hundred, a few hundred visitors each month, you do not have a sample size that's valid enough to make any suggestions with with a month's worth of data. It would have to, I mean, the, the it would have to be so vastly different. Yep. The beauty of statistically significant is if you, it, let's go use a very, very simple example. If you want to know if mice are taller than elephants, all you have to do is look at four or five mice and elephants and you got a pretty good idea. Conversely, if you want to know if women are taller than men, you probably have to look at a hundred people in order to make that assessment. Okay. And so the variability in your results and the closeness of that variability determines the sample size that you need to have in order to make an assessment. That's the theory behind that. And you get into t-tests and blah, blah, blah um, in order to actually calculate that. Most of the time, the answer that I get on statistically significant questions is uh, two months, right? Yeah. You right, need two exactly. months of data, which, exactly. is, which is immaterial if you're right. looking at you know yeah. mice and elephants, right? Exactly. Um, the other one that, I, that really jumps out at me in this question is, yeah. um, well, a couple things. One is, is like isolating like the pages we're talking about. So obviously, if you land on a page that's you know long form content versus short, that's going to impact it. And then the other thing, though, that I think is worth asking is, who cares? Like what are these pages? Is there something going on about session duration that has some meaning, right? Does, is it, uh, is it, are you watching, are they watching a video or are we, are we just talking about like, you know, how long their session duration is? They go visit another page on the site. Did they bounce, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then again, even with all that being said, what I'd really like to see is, is any of this traffic converting into something meaningful? So let me ask this question. Let's go debunk some SEO bullshit. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, we just got the explicit rating again. No, that's right. fine. I think that's okay. I just, every time you go down this road, I'm... <laughs> no, 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 no. So here's, here's, the, here's the question. Okay. Session duration and bounce rate. I get this question from a prospect at least once a week. Who is feeding people this? I don't know. It drives me crazy. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. Let me ask you, Gee. Do we want to make sure no. that- Go ahead. Damn. How did you already knew the answer? Yeah, I know. Go I ahead. Know. So, so Guy's right. The answer is no, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. So you guys can hear the debunking happen in real time. Hey, Guy. Yeah, Conrad. Should I work on improving my bounce rate or increasing my session durations so Google likes me more? Neither. Why, Guy? Because I keep hearing this because who's SEO saying experts, this? I, it, it, <laughs> do you want I mean, me to name all, names? Uh, no, I don't. But uh, <laughs> out of all the trash we hear about SEO, this one to me is like, I can't, I, I haven't heard this one coming. I mean, maybe I'm just living in a different SEO bubble. But again, so the answer is forget about it. For, you can forget about, forget about it. You can forget about bounce rate. You can forget about session duration. And now but, we're okay. going to get people are going to come in like, oh, that's not very a nuanced answer, Guy. But um, I'm not going to give you a nuanced answer. You want to fight with me on Twitter about it? Go fight me with me on Twitter. You can leave a nasty review. 
Um, the answer is none of this stuff is not, you're not going to pay your rent with session duration times. Oh, my session duration is three minutes. So therefore I must be the most successful internet marketing person and I can now pay my bills. So the history of this comes from publishers who make right. money by serving ads. Right. The more time you spend on a, on a page, the more ads they can serve up, the more um, pages you turn on a page, the more ads they serve up. It's great if you're a publisher. If you're a lawyer and someone comes to your website and they see an amazing page and they're like, wow, Guy's the guy that I want to hire. I'm going to call him. I shut my browser and I call him. That's a bounce and it's everything that you want. And, and a conversion. And a conversion, which is what we want to talk about. It's a, it's a bounce, a conversion, and potentially a fee. So give yeah. me your give me your short. I would rather you don't spend a lot of time reading my long form content. Just give me a call. Close your browser and give me a call, and then sign up. Did you just say call me, baby? No, I did not. <laughs> All right. If I did, please edit that out. <laughs> All right. We have rambled about session durations for long enough. Let's take a quick break. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866 827 5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. And we're back. And we made a promise. We're going to keep our promise. That's what we do here at LHLM. We had a new segment. A new segment called Rebrand That Podcast. Yes. And you might, from the name of that segment, uh, gathered that we're going to talk about the possibility of rebranding this podcast and use it as a case study in branding. Because most of you guys are terrible with branding, right? And and I'm hoping that we can go through our process of discussing whether or not we rebrand this podcast and you can learn a little bit about how to think about lawyers and branding because what we're going to talk about here is extensible to to what you guys do. Right. So the 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 kind of, or at least our theory is that uh, through this process of talking about how we're going to explore rebranding this show, You'll have some takeaways that you can take back to uh, your own practice. If you have a podcast, obviously it'll be pretty applicable to that, but I think that there'll be more widely applicable <laughs> concepts that you can use for branding. So what, what is branding, Conrad? What do we mean by branding? So I think branding often gets mistaken as logos and maybe colors, right? And for me, branding is a much wider understanding of how you're different in the marketplace. And I, I like to use the terms positioning, messaging, along with the term branding, because most of you try to brand yourself as a lawyer, but that's not really a brand, it's a job. And so the branding really is, how are you different? What makes you special? Why you instead of everyone else? It's the, to use some really basic concepts. So let's think about what's coming out right now in, in the automotive world. You've got the Jeep Wrangler and the Ford Bronco and arguably the uh, Toyota 4Runner, all as very outdoorsy, tough guy uh, vehicles that frankly do the same damn thing. And yet people are really, really invested in one or the other. 
because of branding, right? And so how, as a lawyer, do you get someone deeply invested in you or at least understanding how you are different from everyone else when ultimately you're serving up a very, very similar product? And I hate to say that because you guys are going to take umbrage with that, but ultimately you're solving people's legal problems. The question is why you and why are you different? Right. And that's for me to kind of summarize some of the things that you said. And number one, I love the word positioning too. I'm drinking the David Baker Kool-Aid, uh, <laughs> Baker's book, The Business of Expertise. If you haven't read it, go check it out. Lawyers are in the expertise business as far as I'm concerned. But the short version here is who do you help? How do you help them? And why are you uniquely positioned to help them, right? It's that why people should choose you, as Conrad said, from every other lawyer out there. Um, that's the kind of the framework. And so one of the things we'd like you to do if you're listening is to tweet us some of your favorite lawyer brands. Uh, you can use the hashtag LHLM brand or just LHLM, we'll still find it. But we want to see what you think about lawyer brands that are, you know, they can be your favorite or they can just, you know, you could hate them and they can just be memorable I like ones. the hate them too, right? Yeah. Like what yeah, are the brands one. that you hate? The most so, the lawyer brands that come to your, pop into your head when you think about lawyers. Yeah. And I think one of the things is the key that Guy mentioned there is they pop into your head, right? And it might be that you hate them. I was talking to one of our clients the other day and they're like, we do a lot of branding work and people tell us all the time that they're sick of seeing uh, our brand all over the place. And they're like, and every time I hear that, I know we're winning, right? <laughs> because the people know what it is. Exactly. And you know, the other thing too, and not to, I think one of the places that there's a lot of really important, compelling reasons for really strong positioning. But one of the ones that I think we that keeps coming up, especially in the context of the web, is it's a lot easier to generate demand for people that are looking for you. And, and the efficiency, the conversion on those searches is way higher than non-brand. So when someone comes even to our website and is looking for me or my business name, We've already built in reputation, uh, no like trust, yada, 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 versus someone that comes to our site that comes in on a, a non-brand query like, you know, law firm SEO agency or best law firm SEO agency. That's a not nearly as strong, um, you know, not nearly as efficient and qualified potential client for us. And so anyway, I, you know, this debate goes round and round. Well, should I do brand or not brand or whatever? And the answer is both, right? But to me, the cornerstone, and I think a lot of lawyers get this, they just don't use, they don't have the uh, language to articulate it this way is that, you know, lawyers for forever have known like reputation and relationships matter. This is what we're talking about. The, your ability to distinguish yourself from a reputation standpoint to your target audience that is an extremely valuable thing. It's something that doesn't matter if Google makes an update or Facebook's, you know, it's not, you know, they take away your organic reach. None of those things matter if you're able to establish a true brand that uh, has a reputation for, you know, either whatever it is, you know, you can have a reputation for a million different things. Figuring that out is, is part of the process that we want to talk about. And so you have this brand awareness concept, and then which basically means I recognize who you are. Um, Morgan and Morgan is is probably the 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 biggest driver of brand awareness in the legal industry. And that's just that's just knowing who you are. That's the McDonald's, right? Like I recognize McDonald's, I recognize Coke, I recognize these things. The positioning is why you, 
right? The why are you so different? And, and it can be, I mean, it can be all sorts of different things. And, and leaning into those things um, helps essentially, especially when the legal industry is so bad at the positioning, most of you, 98 out of 100 of you, position yourselves as someone who has a law degree. And the people who lean into something else do a really great job of making the decision for someone who's looking to hire a lawyer. Do I want to hire Bill, who I understand who Bill is, or do I need to find another lawyer? And that becomes a binary conversation. So you have all the, you've got 25 different options. And your first question is, Bill's got this positioning that either resonates with me or not. And so I'm going to hire Bill or not. And then I'm choosing between all the other 24 or if Bill's just like another guy with a law degree, now I'm now I'm I'm looking at 25 different options instead of a binary discussion about Bill versus every other lawyer out there. Right. Um, and then you know once you've once you've done that exercise and you you an, you're able to answer those questions, who you help, how you help them, and why you're uniquely qualified to help them, you can start tailoring your message to deliver on that those brand promises to help position you and how you help those people. And so that's where you start. It's only until you have that cornerstone can you start worrying about logo and, you know, in our case, music, artwork, what we're going to do on social media and, and everything else that flows from that. But that, anyway, that's that's at least where we want to uh, take this because, you know, I think uh, part of this is the exercise of Conrad's a, a new host of the show. And so it's taken on a new brand, right? And so part of this process will be rebranding our show and walking you through some of the things. So where are we on this conversation ourselves? Yeah. So some of the things that we think about are like, we. so we've got the hamburger. Who are we? Who are we, Guy? Like, and, and, and I mean, it's a fair thing. Like I've come on, you know, do we make this a, is this the Guy and Conrad show? Is, it, is this a picture of, uh, you know, two guys? Is it a, is it, is it a, do we stick with something that, that's maybe recognized from a, from a brand recognition perspective with the hamburger and lunch hour legal marketing. We've got the music that's associated with this. Money makes our world go round. Is that the right message? Is that the right, right discussion? Is that what we want to represent who we are? Um, yeah, and, I think, and, go ahead. Yeah, go No, 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 keep going. I was going to say, well, one of the things that I think, as you've been saying that, one of the things that keeps coming out to me, and I think that has a lot of applicability to uh, lawyers is that, you know, a lot of these podcasts, and we we're talking about this with Adam, our producer, a lot of the podcasts, when as you're listening, you really start to like develop a relationship in your mind with the podcast host. And and so, you know, the same thing with lawyers, right? The colloquialism is that people hire lawyers, not law firms. And so I think that's a very important point. If you go out and you do you searches on your firm name and you're seeing logos and you're seeing the firm name, and you're not seeing a lot of visibility from the lawyers. You know, maybe this is this is maybe different for big law than it is for solos and smalls. And I think there's, that's part of the conversation too. But for us, the the people behind our show, you and I, and the people at a law practice, the lawyers themselves, that to me has got to be at the forefront of the what makes you unique, right? I mean, logos. I don't care how clever you are. Logos really aren't going to make you unique. I mean, it's funny because, you know, and this is one thing that the branding people talk about all the time, but, you know, the swoosh, it gets its meaning from what Nike has, you know, become, right? So otherwise, right. it's like, it's, you wouldn't, 
if you just you can put it, put a check mark on something and be like, oh yeah, people won't even think twice about it. And so it comes after, right? That logo comes to embody what the positioning is. And so the key here is to make this very genuine and and understand what our positioning is. And I think that's one of the things that's frequently missed in these kind of branding and positioning conversations is you probably already have that, right? You probably already have an understanding of what your positioning is, but that really also lives in the mind of your audience. One of the reasons that we started this, this off in reading the reviews is that's a great place for us to gain an understanding of what the audience thinks we are. Why are we different? Like, so, so the way I think things are and the way Guy thinks things are, what's really important to us is how you guys already perceive us. And so we can lean into that understanding of who we are and how we're different. Um, That's the second thing we're going to ask you to do is to tweet us. What do you think this show's all about? What do you think our positioning is? You can either, again, LHLM hashtag on Twitter, LHLM brand, or write it right in the reviews. You know, you can tell us like, hey, these guys are a couple of jerks who don't know anything about legal marketing. It's like, okay, that's our new position. No. Um, and if you do though, that, we'll read it on the next podcast. Or you, or, or you, you know, uh, those of you that uh, are connected with us in a variety of other ways, feel free to reach out to us if, you, if you're more comfortable doing it privately. But in the end, we want to hear from you, right? A part of this whole exercise in, in, in this idea of eating our own dog food here is to listen, to hear what people who actually listen to this show have to say or what they think this show uh, means to them and how it helps them. And we encourage law firms, I mean, part of our process all the time is create that feedback loop, right? So create that feedback loop at your law firm, ask people what they think about your practice, ask them why they chose you, ask them how you stand out, ask them, uh, you know, understand the language that they use to describe the problems that they, the challenges, issues that they have and why they came to you. That will help you uh, start to flesh out some of this positioning. So what are other ways that people can do research for their own branding to get a feel for what their branding looks like? Uh, I mean, there's consumer surveys, there's, um, you know, you can listen to uh, conversations of, on intake. I think that's one of the best ways. Yes. That's a, th so I would find ways that you can listen in to how people think about you without necessarily needing to do a formal survey, right? And you can ask those open-ended questions. You can have your intake. Not like, so I like replacing the question of, of how did you hear about us with why did you call us, right? And what was it that made you call us? Uh, and and you, you can do a ton of research by listening to the answers to that question on intake. Yeah. And it's so important too, because even what you, th you know, we talk about this all the time, but what you think is the experience of potential clients and clients might be much different than what it actually is. And so, you know, it comes out in reviews, it comes out in even in email messaging, but a lot of this is just as a listening exercise, a research exercise with your existing communications. So that's where I would implore people to start. Or you can be like us and you can ask people to tweet it. What do you yeah. think of us on Twitter? Yeah. I mean, so we've done all sorts of, of uh, research for, for different clients on understanding who they are. If you are a PI lawyer, let me just be super blunt on this. Your branding and positioning and messaging isn't six million dollars recovered right that is not a branding or messaging or positioning at all um, and that's what most of you think it is what about years of experience well we have a combined years of 212 years of experience doing yeah or uh, how hard they fight yeah they fight really really hard everybody fights hard everybody fights <laughs> let me just tell you everybody gets 
million dollar verdicts. Everybody fights super hard and everybody's been practicing law combined for over a hundred years. The end. Yeah. That's not positioning. It's not. Okay. Next time you hear from us, we're going to get deeper into our own positioning. We're going to talk about whether or not we ditch the hamburger. We're going to talk about whether or not we rename the podcast. We're going to get some feedback and read that feedback. And we're going to apply that to how you should think about your own law firm. All right, listeners, until next time, we bid you adieu. If you just stumbled across this, please do go subscribe so you can uh, catch our latest episodes as we go through this rebrand process. And just to bang the drum one more time, if you like this, if you don't like it, uh, if you have suggestions for us, feel free to leave us a review or contact us. We'd love to hear from you. That's the only way we get better. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.